Hello and welcome once again to the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. This episode is titled Marine Insurance. Please keep watching. We swear this is going to be good information. That is the title of this one. And I'm talking to Adam Meyer of Maritime Insurance International. And we are going to be talking about why marine insurance, what marine insurance does. We're going to be talking about how to save money, get the best rate. We're going to talk about what to do if you've had a loss, and then we're going to finish with a couple of funky claims that Adam has seen in his long tenure as a marine insurance agent here in the North Carolina area. My name is Gary Hurley, Gary Hurley of Fisherman's Post, and Fisherman's Post has been serving the saltwater fishing community since 2003. We've been coming at you with fishing reports, fishing information, fishing tournaments, fishing schools. And now in the latest and greatest chapter, the Saltwater Podcast Series. It is in this Saltwater Podcast Series that we reach out to our captain and guide friends from up and down the North Carolina coast and ask them to share their insight with us on how to catch more fish more often. But it's going to be more possible for you to catch more fish more often when we talk to our expert here on marine insurance and keep you safe and happy. Um, I am joined this week, just as I am every week, with my co-host, Billy Thorpe of Copilot Studio. Hello, Billy. What's going on, Gary? You doing all right, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm gonna. I'm no, not gonna look at you. I know you. you're I'm at gonna, a weird angle. I'm gonna look at the camera and talk to you. <laughs> all right, I'll look at my camera and talk to you. <laughs> I'm doing good. Okay, well, here <laughs> we are. It's not awkward anyway. Here we are. <laughs> I'm. I'm looking forward so much forward to the show. I can't even wait to figure out how to insure my boat that someone is going to give me. I'm super excited. I'm hanging out for that one. Uh, but speaking of boats, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you how to watch and how to listen, <laughs> and then I'm going to get to more good, boat talk. Good segue. Here we go. Uh, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, uh, most recently Amazon Music, and you can check us out on YouTube. So if you haven't already, uh, if you want to go see Gary's pretty face, go to YouTube if you're listening to us and hit that subscribe button, hit that little bell, smash the bells, they like to say in the YouTube world. That way you're notified every morning at 7 a.m. when we go live uh, on Tuesday mornings. Uh, you'll get the notification and subscribe to all those channels. And if a bit Gary doesn't know what subscribe means, but whatever. I think I've subscribed to my own <laughs> channel. I think I... I hope so. I don't think it's even possible, but maybe so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's possible. And making this, uh, speaking of possible, making this all possible, you like that? Yes. Is Marine, uh, I'm not Marine. Yes, it is Marine Warehouse. I'm thinking of, never mind. Who cares? Here's a video from these guys. We'll be right back. As you know, it's been a great year for boat sales. However, it's been really tough for customers to find boats in stock. We're the headquarters in Wilmington, North Carolina, for Pair Customs, Sailfish, Sea Chaser, and Carolina Skiff. Our manufacturers are telling us the high demand for boats is going to affect 2021 inventory as well. So if you're looking to get a boat in the spring, you need to come sign up with us now. We love those guys. I need to get back in the habit of reminding people that they aren't just boat sales. They are boat service. They are boat parts. You know, big, big on the service end. Big, big yeah. on the parts end, too. I, you know, used to plug that more often up front. I'm going to make a point of doing that more they here got, in 2021. They got big parts, and they cannot lie. Um, <laughs> if I had a sound effect <laughs> keyboard right now. I oh, would, if you had one, it would do boy, this. Oh, that sure sounds good. Oh, no, I wouldn't have pressed that one. Oh, man. Um, 
Well, in our discussion of Marine Warehouse, I've been talking about Emmett's New Year's resolutions. You know, mm-hmm. I have never met someone that had so many New Year's resolutions. Like this dude is crazy. And I've been sharing them with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna share yet another one he told me about this week when I stopped by. One of his big goals in 2021 is he wants to stop procrastinating. You probably know see where this is going. <laughs> he's kind of busy, so he's gonna start <laughs> next week. But his goal <laughs> is to stop procrastinating in 2021. Oh, I just saw Adam do a rim shot. I got one of those. I'll save it for later though. Thank you. Stop procrastinating. I love it. I love it. I love it. Gary, I'm gonna go ahead and show you a photo. So we can get on with this show. Right on. This is Ken Palmer landed this seven-pound false albacore on a Yozuri lure as well as a four-pound Spanish mackerel on a gold Clark spoon while trolling off Wrightsville Beach. Good-looking fish right there. Yeah, man. That's a harbinger of things to come. Pretty soon we'll be back in that realm of false albacore and Spanish mackerel. I'm looking forward to it. Maybe you can take me on one of those Fisherman's Post privilege trips that you got. We can. Anything's <laughs> negotiable. <laughs> Wait, where's that camera button at? <laughs> Turn Everything's it off. Good. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I will consider it as long as you hit a home run today with Billy's Best Takeaway. You're going to listen to Adam Meyer, and I wouldn't have had anyone else come on and talk marine insurance because it is a yawner title. It is. <laughs> and we appreciate you for staying with us, and I promise you Adam is going to be as efficient and as entertaining as possible. He's going to crush it. But you're going to walk away smarter. You're going to walk away with a better base knowledge you know, that's going to be the goal. So Billy's best takeaway, I'm coming to you at the end of the episode, Billy. But right now what I'm doing is I'm bringing Adam Meyer onto the screen. I'm bringing longtime friend Adam Meyer, Maritime Insurance International, episode titled Marine Insurance. Don't turn off. Don't turn off yet. Please stay with us a little bit. I promise it's going to be good. That's the title of our show. Welcome to the show, Adam Meyer. Thanks, Gary. Glad to be here. Yeah, man, and good to have you in location. Like, I, this is the way this episode should be. And I know you've watched just about every podcast episode, so I don't have to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you that we begin these podcast episodes with two questions. Bring it on. The first question, why should we listen to what you have to say about marine insurance? Why should we even stick around? Why not? Why not? I've been doing this <laughs> locally uh, 21 years, I think, straight, marine only. And that's kind of everything that I do. It's the only thing that I do. So it's all I know, and I can tell you an awful lot about it. You can go as deep as you want or as light as you want. Well, we'll find that balance. I believe we'll strike that balance. Question number two, as tradition goes, is a non-fishing, or I should say non-topic-related question. And this is something of a trivia question for you. And that's right up your alley. I need you to name a character for me in a movie that is an insurance agent in that movie. I don't hear the Jeopardy thing going back there, Billy. No, we don't have background. That's a good, make note of that. Just get that baseline rolling again. I wouldn't have been able to answer other than I came up with a question, so I Googled it. Gary, I, I don't have your answer. Who's an insurance agent in a movie? The Truman Show? It's my fave. Oh, I like that. Truman was. The Incredibles, the cartoon. Does he play an insurance agent? Now that is inspiring. Bob right Parr there. is the insurance agent in The Incredibles. Yes, the Famous. dad. Famous. <laughs> I learned something. All right. I've been enlightened. You have been. Now your turn to enlighten me. The first topic we wrote down here, why marine insurance? So, you know, I got this boat 
Do I have to have marine insurance? You do not have to have insurance unless okay. you have a loan. If you have a loan, the lender is going to require that you insure your vessel just like you have on your house with a mortgage. But if you own the vessel outright, you are not required to carry physical damage or liability coverage if you choose not to. Or liability. Or liability, exactly. <laughs> Unlike on the roads where you have to carry a minimum, the states, it's a minimum. It's not the same on the waterways. So why should we do it? Uh, I think primarily to recognize that insurance is transferring risk for a fee. So for a nominal fee, and that's debatable, uh, you can transfer the risk that comes with you being on the water on your boat to someone else. So you are an advocate. If I don't have, if I don't owe, if I don't have a loan, I'm guessing you're still an advocate of protecting the boat, but whether I owe or don't owe, you're a big advocate of protecting via liability. Protecting your Bottom, yes. Liability is, is, is a bare minimum. So this isn't a commercial, but sell me on it. So, you know, what? why, if I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend the money, tell me why I should spend the money. You're running along and everything's grivy and you hit somebody, do some damage to another vessel or dock, or you're running along and someone gets injured on your boat. Well, God forbid you hit someone and they're injured. You're responsible for that. So as you would imagine with a boat, Property damage is probably not going to be that bad, but liability damage in today's society can certainly be bad. So if the person that you injure decides they want to sue you, uh, they're not going to come after you for just medical bills. They're going to hit you pretty hard. And there are a lot more boats on the water these days. Oh, my gosh. Like I have never seen before. Like none of us have seen it's, before. It's un unbelievable, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, and I'm so glad so many people are getting out and enjoying the water. And I think it's just smart with that much more traffic to protect yourself. Do we know, is there statistics that say that there are more incidents that correlate with the more boats that happen as a result of COVID? I, I couldn't cite any, no, but I would just think that it would be logical. More boats, more incidents. One way or the, I can tell you that I have seen claims go up in the past two or three years. Not exponentially, but yes. And so you're in here today talking to me about marine insurance, and I'm going to guess you're going to tell me, I shouldn't just cover it under my homeowners. You could certainly do that if your homeowners is capable of riding boats. There's no doubt. And uh, I, I, it used to be uh, that the homeowners were a little cheaper than the standard markets that I represent. But these days I'm finding that uh, the captive carriers, your standard homeowner carriers that will ride boats, their rates are more comparable to what we charge or find in the marketplace. Now, liability only, I think, is still cheaply found on a homeowner's policy. Okay, so and you simply call your agent and say, "Hey, I have a twenty-two foot pathfinder, and I don't want to insure the boat, but I want to insure my butt. Help me out." And they'll add it to the policy, and it's you know seventy-five hundred bucks a year. Seventy-five hundred bucks a year for liability only at a base limit of three hundred thousand. That's about average, yeah. All right. Um. Well, what is it? Why would I call you? What is the advantage of working with an actual marine insurance agent? Well. Boats are different than cars and houses. I think people treat boats, boats by and large, except for those that are commercially used, are a luxury item. Uh, you don't have to have a boat. You pretty much have to have a car and you have to have a roof over your head. Uh, but a boat is a luxury item, and people really get into their boats. They like talking about their boats and their boating. The coverages are very unique and specialized only to marine and to boats, whether it's recreational vessels or charter vessels. So having somebody that knows how to talk that talk and speak that language 
uh, is important to ensure that you're covering your asset properly. And I'm guessing the the need of that goes up depending on the value of the boat. Yeah, I would say so, yes. Because a more expensive boat is a more complicated policy or? Not at all. It's just more money. Okay. As simple as that. I mean, if you look at it like a base risk with a $20,000 boat, which you own and you ride around on, uh, if the boat went down and you lost that $20,000, that, that would suck, but it probably wouldn't break you. But if you had an egregious loss and someone were injured and you were sued for a half a million dollars and they won the judgment, you're going to work for that person for the rest of your life to pay that debt. Oh, I don't want to do that. No, that's not an enviable position. <laughs> I don't want to do that at all. No, sir. <laughs> so there's the, there's the call for the liability right there. Now, as you escalate in value, your, your bay boat's now 50000 70000 126000 whatever it may be. Now you're talking about a very high-value asset that you just purchased. It's in an inherently dangerous environment uh, in the water and subject to storms and uh, things like that. So I think as you get that higher investment, you really want to protect it properly. And it nominally, it's not... If you look at the grand scheme of things, I don't think that the average premium on a boat like that, per value, of course it escalates with the higher value, is really that much. So if I'm buying a new boat and I'm making payments and I'm buying it from a local dealer, are they putting me in touch with you? Are they leaving it up to me? How does that, I mean, I have to have the coverage, so I'm guessing I have to have the coverage before I leave the lot. How does that all go down? Typically, if you're going to buy a boat from a dealer, uh, I've worked with a lot of the dealers in town for many years, so I do get a lot of calls from those guys when the client asks the salesman, you know, who do, what do I do about insurance? Got to have it because I'm borrowing money. Uh, if they send them to me, then they're going to reach on out to me. Sometimes the dealer sends some info over. Sometimes the guy just calls me up and says, hey, I'm buying a boat from so-and-so. Uh, and I go through a little rigmarole of questions and then provide competitive quotes, shop multiple markets, and see if one of our numbers – it's their needs. And if it does, we handle the closing with the dealership and the insured so that it all happens at the same time. Easy peasy. What are some of those standard questions? Uh, where are you going to keep the boat? And why does that matter? Mooring location. I mean, if we're talking local, it's, it's all North Carolina or South Carolina regionally. That's a very similar homogenous region. Okay. But if you start saying, I'm going to keep my boat in Florida all year round, that's a whole different ball of wax. Okay. Because Florida's in a heavy catastrophe zone. I think I keep on approaching this conversation from my perspective, which is, you know, a 22-foot bay boat conversation. And so is it more expensive to insure a boat kept on the water, kept on a lift, kept on dry stack, kept on a trailer? There are some carriers will apply varying credits based on whether you're in water or out of water. Uh, some carriers, interestingly enough, won't write a large center console with three engines on a trailer. It has to be in the water or in a lift or in a rack. That's just how they roll. So the rules kind of vary based on the boat and the value. The boat's age has a huge uh, effect on rating and premium. Uh, and, of course, your experience. How many years have you been boating? What boats have you owned? How long have you owned boats? That's a big deciding factor. How do you know I don't just make up a number? I've been boating for 50 years. You know, if for anybody else, Gary, <laughs> no, with you just, you just, you get, you feel it. You know, if somebody's shining you on or not, it, it comes in with experience. You can, sh- you can, you can suss that out. And so 
again, I'm, I mean, uh, maybe I'm not doing the audience a service by keeping it to like, because I'm curious as a boat owner like that. And I'm thinking about the used boats. So how, how do we determine what, if I wanted to insure the boat and liability I'm on board with, and I'm sure everyone's on board with, that's a pretty simple argument to make, you know, why would you want to be exposed? Right. You know, it's one of those things. If if anything were to happen, you would be like, I can't believe I decided to save that little bit of money. I mean, you know, that lesson seems obvious. So I'm buying a boat. I'm buying it outright. It's a used boat. You know, do we determine the value just based on what I bought it for? Typically insurers insure to purchase price plus material investments. This is a question I get two, three times a week. What about the value? You know, I'm stealing this boat. Uh, Another boat like that would be 50% more in cost. Uh, And the survey may often show that if a a buyer buys a boat and gets a great deal, the survey may show a higher value, but the carriers will only insure to your purchase price plus your material investments top of that new electronics a paint job new engines that that's a material investment so that's a moving target oh yeah so as in every year i would say hey adam i added this to the boat you can do that um, i mean you certainly want to choose your big ticket items like your trolling motor and your power pole and new electronics or a repower those are the the big ones for revaluing a vessel uh, the vessels don't devalue over time so if you say I'm at ten now and I added this much gear, so now I'm at fifteen thousand, uh, it's going to stay fifteen thousand for a while. The carriers don't arbitrarily lower to your value. And we're talking boat motor. We're not just talking boat, right? It's the whole shooting. That's match. what we're talking oh, about. Yeah. So it holds its value, even that engine that I keep. It keeps getting older, and I keep putting more hours on. If you have what's called an agreed value policy, then yes. All right. If yeah. I have an agreed value policy, the other option is actual cash value policy. All right. Which means depreciation will be applied to lost settlement. So with an agreed value policy, no depreciation. A lot of people refer to it as new for old. Uh, but with an actual cash value policy, you will see depreciation applied. And you don't want me to call you every year and say I painted my boat? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Minute amounts of value change have very little bearing on your whole premium. I promise you that. All right. But we do a lot of repowers. I mean, that's a big investment in a boat. And, and yes. you, need to re- you need to make sure that you call your agent and say, look, I just added $60,000 in new engines on the back of my boat. And they'll say, all right, what'd you get for your old ones? Well, I sold them for five grand. Okay, so that's a net $55,000 increase in value. Would you like to go up in value? Let me quote you the price to increase your value. And so you would quote me the price on adding $55,000 in value, and then I would have the option of saying... Maybe I don't want to make it 55. Maybe I want to cover That's right. 30. That's right. So you meet in the middle. You meet where you're comfortable, and the insurance company says, yes, we're okay with that. And there you have it. I can go down, but I can't go up. It's a lot easier to go down than up. Okay. I mean, I'm not even sure where we are on our list. <laughs> so that's why I'm looking over here. So how to save money? Yes, how to save money on your insurance. Number one, shop it. All right. Get on the phone. Get, Don't get on the internet. The internet will lead you in bad directions for quoting your boats. It, it's never accurate. And I find and have found that I end up cleaning up a lot of that mess when people have gone to the internet and called several different websites up, put in their data, and now they've blocked other agents from accessing those quotes. So if you don't enter your data exactly right, you won't get the right quote. 
Wait a second. So if I go online and ask for a quote, in a way, I'm giving up my right to shop with other agents? Yes. That's for real. In some instances, yes. There are online rating systems that you enter your data. We have one. Yeah. And if you enter your data, all it does is sends me an application for Gary Hurley with all your data you entered. Right. Other systems will take your data and quote the market. But it's a computer. So it's not... It's not hearing the whole Gary Hurley story. I follow. You know, and in unique situations, uh, certain people really need that, that personal touch. If you've had prior losses or if you're a first-time boater or if you're making a big jump in size in your boat, you kind of need someone that, that knows how to sell you to insurance carriers. And the Internet, it's just as problematic if it's a $40,000 boat as is a $140,000 boat. Yes, that is entirely correct. Either way, you can be negatively affected. Right. I don't care if you call me, but don't use the internet to quote your boat. And when you're saying shopping, am I calling Adam Meyer Marine Insurance and I'm calling Joe Blow Marine Insurance and I'm seeing which one of you two? I mean, yes. is, is that part of this yes. market? Yes. You are, when you shop, it's, it's just as it, as it sounds. You have your current policy. Let's say it's through your homeowner carrier and you're satisfied with that, but you'd like to see what else is out there. All right. So you do a little Googling Marine Insurance. Uh, and let's say I pop up. And you call me. And then the next agency down the line, you call them. You say, all right, I want both of you guys to quote my boat. I really want to see what's out there. Uh, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Shop as, as hard as you can because it costs you nothing to shop. And then these agents come back with quotes and present them to you and then may want to compare with what you have currently and explain the differences in the policy language. And, you know, I, I harp on this all the time, but read your policy when you get it. The language makes a difference. There's coverage, and then there's better coverage. All right, before we get to coverage and better coverage. thought you'd like that. If I'm calling to shop, and we're all busy these days, yeah. everyone's busy, yeah. and so the thought of doing this is like, ugh, you know, do I really want to get this going? And then trying to talk myself into calling maybe more than one agent. If I'm calling you that phone call to get us going to where you can start talking some numbers to me takes typically on average, how long? 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. You get from me what you need to then That's shop right. around and get back to me. That's right. So you're even better than Geico's 15 minutes or less. <laughs> you know, I say 10 minutes because I can do it like that. I could sit right here and take your info in 10 minutes and roll it. But I like to talk. <laughs> and I end up talking to people a lot more right. than 10 minutes. If they've got the time, you know, I love to talk about fish and I love to talk about boats. That's why I do what I do. Because I love to talk about boats. Is there anything else on the list of how to save money other than shop? Uh, you can look at the value of your vessel. Okay. Again, they're not going to arbitrarily lower it on an agreed value policy. But if you go 10 years down the road and you paid 50 grand 10 years ago, maybe your boat's really only worth 35. And you don't want to pay the premium on 50 grand. You'd rather pay the premium on thirty-five grand, but you know if you're paying on fifty, they will pay out fifty if that boat were to sink or burn up or get stolen. And then, even if that boat in your mind's worth thirty-five, if you lose that boat, They're thirty-five is a lot less buying power than fifty. That is correct. That is correct. So yes. that's part of the math that the individual owner makes. Again, right. paying for someone else to take the risk. Right. You can also increase the deductible on your boat if you're willing to gamble a little bit. Take a little more self-insured risk on. You can say, hey, I'm, I've, I've got a $50,000 boat with a 1% deductible. That's 1% of her value. This is a $500 deductible. 
So, man, I don't mind a $1,000 deductible or a $2,000 deductible. Uh, I'll eat a, eat a little bit of that loss. You can save a little bit of money. But I think if you go from 1% to 2%, there's a good savings margin. Anything over 2%, just look at the numbers. I don't think you save enough money. For the risk, you don't save enough no. So those are real numbers to look at, 1% yeah. versus look 2%. Look yeah. But beyond that, you're not going to save enough money. People say, oh, I'm going to go with a high deductible policy. And when you really look at that 1%, 2%, 3%, 4 5%, you, you just don't save it. I follow that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, we're in an area I don't know much, so I'm going to ask, is there anything else on the list about how to save money? Deductibles, shop around. That's it. Look and then value. whatever value you set and for the boat. You know, as far as liability, we talk about liability, and I think liability is the most essential coverage to have. The liability is, in fact, if you will all pull out your declarations pages, you'll see that the liability premium charged for whatever level of liability you select is the lowest premium on your bill. The hull premium be the highest so you're paying for your your whole coverage your fifty thousand dollars of vessel coverage and then you're paying for half a million dollars of liability and in that instance you might see that your whole coverage is going to cost 450 475 and your liability is 100 bucks so to cover a 50 grand boat i'm paying i mean again you're throwing out numbers well and i'm not sure i even followed 450 but for a half a million coverage i'm you add a Another hundred bucks. A hundred bucks. hundred bucks. What if I don't want to insure the boat? What if I just want liability? There are fewer options for liability only these days than there have been in the past. There are still carriers out there that will do liability only. And again, it, it kind of depends. A hundred, hundred fifty bucks a year for a, a decent limit for liability only is, is available. So it's possible to get a similar number with just liability as yeah. opposed to liability yes. tagged on the whole coverage. Yes. It's not like... Well, this is why it's cheap is because you got the whole coverage. That's right. Huh. That's so you can save a little money. You, yeah. just, you just have to take some action. That's all. You got you to call around. That's it. Um, what else do we need to know? The next topic on my list is what to do when you have a loss, but I'm not quite sure we're there yet. Like, again, if you're imparting knowledge to empower people to make smart marine insurance decisions, what else do they need to consider that I haven't set you up to answer? Uh if you're going to take passengers for hire, then you have a captain's license. If the captain's license is required where you intend to take passengers for hire, you really need to call an insurance agent because okay. your standard pleasure policy will not cover any commercial exposure whatsoever. All right. If you've got a captain's license, if you just say, not man, just a captain's license, trips, but a for hire permit. That, well, no. If you take passengers for hire, all right. That's how we call it in the industry. And you've got a captain's license. Uh, whether it's sightseeing, whether it's fishing, whether it's shelling, water taxi, whatever it may be, if you have a captain's license and you're taking passengers for hire, you have to have the proper coverage. And that's where it really counts. Because unlike you and I, when we go fishing, I, I probably wouldn't sue you, Gary. I'm not going to make any promises, but I probably wouldn't. But if you're taking passengers for hire that you don't know and something occurs and they're injured, chances are you're going to get a call from an attorney in due course, and it won't be light. So if you can simply say, hey, agent, I just got a call from an attorney from a guy who fell on my boat a year and a half ago. Ooh, I got you, man. And that's it. They call the insurance company, they appoint a defense team, and they handle your claim. What if I have a captain's license and there is no for hire involved? Does that help me out with insurance? It does. It does. Uh, that's part of my documentation of being familiar? To some degree, yes. Yes. If you have safety coursework in your past, 
North Carolina boating courses to get your North Carolina license, for example, or if you have a power squadron or a Coast Guard course, even if you took it 10 or 15 years ago, uh, make note of that because you'll get some credit for it. Now, if you have a captain's license, you'll get a little more credit than you would with just a safety course, but it's not enough credit to justify getting a captain's license for it. Okay. But it is worthwhile to do the, just the boater safety? Oh, is gosh, that, yes. I mean, yeah. aside from the knowledge you should have. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, exactly. Because a lot of us are first-time buyer. You know, I mean, in this market today, there's a lot of first-time buyers. So aside from the value of taking the course, it can equate to some value on my marine insurance policy. Yes, you'll get a discount. You'll see some savings there. Anything else that does discounts? Like uh, now you have me intrigued. No, well, you know, there's a they, they make a lot of uh, hullabaloo about bundling on on the uh, television. They and, do, and we we do the same thing. Uh, I'll ask you who carries your auto. Uh, if it's Geico, then I will quote Geico for you because I know they give a pretty good discount for the I see policy. Uh, travelers, same way. Many other carriers will give you a little bit of a discount. Uh, if you have more than one boat with a carrier, you'll see a multi-policy discount come into play. And and sometimes they're not small. I come to you to insure my $50,000 bay boat. Roughly how many carriers are you probably sh- contacting to see my rate? Uh, I'll start with four and expand from there as need be. And you got four stand. I'm not, you don't have to tell it, me it four. It kind of depends you- on where your boat is. If you're calling me from Charleston, I know who is going to be hot in Charleston. If you're calling me from Wilmington, if you're calling me from Juan Cheese, it's a different story. I got other carriers that I know have better rates for the northern territories. So I'm going to think about where is your boat? Wh- who are you? What is your, your nature of your risk? And kind of think in my mind, which of the three or four best carriers to quote? Quote them right away. I do enough of this that I know the rates when I see them. If I see what I like, I don't need to go any further because I know the other three or four won't be as competitive. Mena, final thoughts on the process of getting set up with marine insurance because we're getting ready to go to what to do if you have a loss. Right. But I don't want to move too fast. I want to make sure we get this out because, again, we're not in my comfort zone, so I don't know the right things to ask. And I get that. People call me and say, man, I don't know anything about insurance or boat insurance or what I need. Uh, and I try to, we, people say to me all the time, you ask a lot of questions. So well, I got to know all the answers to give you the right guidance. So if I ask you enough questions and I really get a feel for what your boating needs are and what your boating style is, I can help you decide what product, what pricing, what liability limits are going to fit. So uh, you just got to reach out. That's it. You just got to call around, shop around, uh, and see who, uh, you'll know who you, who, who you would like to work with after they're done asking their questions. Billy is hoping to get a boat given to him, and it's not going to happen. Would you be able to sell him a marine insurance policy for a boat he doesn't even have? <laughs> does he have an active driver's license? He is does. Is he 18? <laughs> yes, of course. Do we have an imaginary boat policy? to write Billy's policy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the next best thing. Like, he's not going to get a boat, but maybe if he had marine insurance on an imaginary boat, he would feel better. I would not surcharge him. <laughs> he wouldn't get the gear. Well, you're, so so, you're so generous, so generous, Adam. I have had a, I have had a loss, a boat loss that needs me to look into my marine insurance policy. What do I do? First thing you do is call your agent. First thing I do. Yep, that's it. You call your agent, and your agent's job is to take data from you and file your claim. Make sure that the claim gets started that you're called within a fair amount of time from the carrier to usually 24 hours, can be up to 48 during busy season. 
but if there's a, uh, a problem with the vessel, is the vessel floating? Is the vessel uh, emitting pollutants? Was there an injury? If you chat with your agent and your agent is knowledgeable, they can help you mitigate your loss by giving you really good advice right up front. Don't talk to this person. Don't say this. Don't say that. Please do this for the boat. Please do that for the boat. Uh, and if you're local like I am, sometimes you go to the risk and, and give them a hand. So is it a factor that I have had a loss and I am worried about what my role is in this loss? And I'm even looking at my insurance carrier. I'm looking at Adam Meyer like, I don't know how much to tell him Yes, because I don't know if he's working for me yes. or if he's working for someone like Travelers or, you know, Geico, the, you know, where a couple of names you just said recently. Right. So, so your, your agent in this case, Adam works for Gary. Okay. I'm your agent. I'm your guy. We have a confidence level. Everything is good. Uh, I'm going to take the very best care of you. I'm going to shepherd you through the claims process. I'm going to step in if the carrier is not doing what they're supposed to be doing in the time frame or in the manner that they are. So your agent is your buddy. That's who you want on your side. You call your agent up and you tell her or him, here's what happened. And you tell them everything. This and is it's like confidentiality. Well, I'm certainly not going to rat you out to your <laughs> insurance carrier. I'm not your confessor, but I'm certainly not going to rat you out. So I'm going to take this data and I'm going to think, okay, what's the best way to help Gary right now? Uh, is he upset? Is he scared? Uh, is he injured? Does he need immediate assistance? Where's the boat? Does the boat need to be dealt with? Your agent is your frontline helper. They're going to help you mitigate the damage. Then you're going to, the agent's going to call the insurance carrier and say, Gary's had a claim. And an adjuster will be appointed. The adjuster will call you. They do not call me as the agent. They call you. They ask you questions. Uh, you'll answer their questions. They may assign a surveyor to come and inspect your boat because mm -hmm. that's their eyes and ears on the ground. The adjuster doesn't come down and see your boat. No, this agent will come and see your boat. But the adjuster does not. They send a surveyor. Surveyor comes, looks at the prop, says, yep, he hit bottom. He certainly did, and he tore that wheel all up. And the lower unit gears are destroyed. So now your mechanic is preparing an estimate for repair. The mechanic provides that to your surveyor. Okay. Surveyor writes a report. It'll, I observed the boat. Looks like Gary hit a log, tore up his lower unit. No question what happened here. Here's the estimate. I've reviewed it. It's okay. It's in line. Let's pay the claim. And the adjuster says, okay, Gary, that's a covered loss. You have this much coverage. This is your deductible. And here's the check I'm going to send you. So if you tear off your lower unit because you hit the bottom and it's 4000 bucks and you've got a $1,000 deductible, they're probably going to send you a check for $3,000. Now, they'll pay the mechanics bills separately, the cost to break down and inspect separately. Gary gets his 3000 bucks back. You paid four for the lower unit, you're going to get three back after your deductible. So I'm not paying the surveyor. The insurance company's paying the That's surveyor. Right. It's not 3000 less expenses no. incurred in getting to the $3,000. Exactly. Okay. Now, that's all whether or not you have engine coverage. Now, every carrier covers for striking submerged object. Our example there where you hit a log and tear off your lower unit. Everybody covers that. But what if your engine fails? Huh? What if you have a water pump fail and it burns up the power head in your Yamaha and you've been replacing your water pump every so many hours as Yamaha recommends and you just put the last one on and then a the week later it stopped working and burned up your power head. Now, is that an insurance claim? Yes. For you, it would be. You call your agent. You say, hey, do I have coverage for this? 
And your agent's going to look in the policy to determine whether you have mechanical breakdown coverage or not. Okay. This is one thing that I harp on with all clients. Ask your agent, do I have mechanical breakdown coverage? This is on outboards. It can also apply to inboards or inboard outboards. But in the outboard example, the water pump fails. Well, nobody pays for the $500 water pump. That's a latently defective part, and all policies exclude latent defect. It's just not going to be covered. But if you have mechanical breakdown coverage, the resulting mechanical breakdown from the failure of the water pump will be covered, and your $15,000 powerhead is covered. Now, that, to me, as an outboard guy, means a lot. So you really want to ask your agent, tell me about my outboard coverage. Okay. Because it is covered. It's just how much of it's covered and to what degree. And I can name the number of times I've had that come back up where later you call in and say, man, this happened to me. Oh, that's covered. Really? I have engine coverage? It's there. You just got to ask about it. I like that. I like that a lot. Engine's the most expensive part of that boat. Right. Most times. Right. Most times. What are some mistakes that people might make other than not calling their agent right away? What are some mistakes some people might make after a loss that would compromise their ability to be compensated? They effect a repair and get rid of the parts. Say that again. They effect a repair and get rid of the parts. So I don't have the original. They don't have the damaged parts. All insurance companies maintain the right to inspect upon a loss. So if you tear off a lower unit and you got to get back out because you got a tournament next week and you go ahead and replace your lower unit, that's okay as long as you save the damaged unit because the insurance company has to be able to inspect it. Okay. If you throw away parts and they can't see it, they can deny your claim. What else? Uh, read your policies. Read your policies for exclusions under the physical damage. This is what matters most to most boaters is the physical damage. Uh, I do harp on liability. It's a big deal, but I rarely see liability claims. Okay. I see a ton of physical damage claims. Okay. So read your coverage section and look for the exclusions. Most marine policies are what we call all risk. It means everything's covered unless it's specifically excluded. I run into a dock. Covered. Crush my lower unit on a sandbar. Covered. It's not a floating submerged object, is it? Did you leave your boat and let the tide go out, Gary, and it crushed your lower <laughs> I, I unit on the sandbar? I'm not very good at this game. I'm so not. if you hit the sandbar and tear off your lower unit, that's a strike submerged object claim, and that's covered by everybody. Okay. Yes. Subject to your deductible. Adam, I'm going to do the same thing in this section I did in the first section. Final thoughts or anything else to add to what to do if you've had a loss, if you feel the need to file a claim, if your circumstance necessitates? If it's after, first thing, ensure safety of life and limb. Right. Make sure everybody's okay. Count heads, head count. Uh, Have your life jackets handy. Have your whistles handy. Wear your lanyards if you're working at night or if you're in a high-speed vessel. Just be safe. That's it. If something occurs and you need immediate assistance, dial 911 or call the Coast Guard on the radio. Okay. That's number one, ensure safety. Then protect the vessel. If you're drifting away, throw your anchor out. You know, if you know she's taking on water, see if you can call somebody with a crash pump, see if you can keep her to float. Uh, call your agent. If it's after hours, most insurance policies in the front parts of the policy have an emergency claims number. Okay. Never be afraid to call that. Never be afraid to call that. So in this scenario, I wouldn't get you, but I would be reaching the people that 
Maritime? Is that what I would be reaching? Now, or I'd be reaching like travel? And you call, you're going to call me. I'm your agent. Hey, Adam, it's Gary. I just crashed my boat. <laughs> it's 1 a.m. It's 1 a.m. Well, I'll answer your call. Uh, if not, text me. Hey, it's Gary Hurley. You may not remember me, but I just crashed my boat. And it's 1 a.m. I'm going to pick up the phone call and I'm going to call you. Gary, it's Adam. It's late. Where are you? Are you okay? Is everybody okay? Where's All the right. boat? That's it. And then we'll handle the rest of it tomorrow. And that's a service that every marine insurance agent provides. <laughs> no. <laughs> Adam, I've been looking forward to this part since we made our show notes. If you're describing them as funky claims, then I'm in. Give me an example of a quote-unquote funky claim. Uh, you know, I see everything. Right? Everything. Uh, one of my favorites and this happens a lot on delivery, not a lot, but it happens enough on delivery to be notable that boats have problems on delivery. Uh, if you buy a boat in an X location, Florida, and you're going to take it to Nantucket because that's where you live, you got to deliver it back. Uh, a lot of guys take captains. Uh, so I had a fella on a boat with a captain, beautiful boat. Oh, it was so pretty. This guy had searched and searched and then searched some more to find his perfect boat. This is the one he wanted. He knew what he wanted. Found, oh, he was so excited. And I could tell it in his voice. I was excited for it. You know, it was really cool. Sure. So he gets on board with this hired captain, very qualified captain. Uh, and they take off from North Carolina, and they're going to New York. All right. And they get around Fire Island somewhere, and the current got them a little sideways. And maybe the chart was a little out of date, but there was a high, a high ridge underneath, and they caught it somewhere offshore. Hold the boat. The boat went down underneath them. They spent 20 minutes in a life raft. Freezing, Coast Guard shows up, plucks them out of the water. Everybody's good, no injury. Boat goes to the bottom. Bottom, bottom. Now this is up somewhere off the fishing grounds and uh, off in New York. So it, it boat goes down. Guy gets home, calls me. He's in a panic. I'm like, man, it's okay. You know, I know that we just insured your boat yesterday, but that's what you have insurance for. You've paid your bill. We're all good. So we settle the claim. They pay him out. He goes back on the internet, finds the exact same boat. Oh, no. Dutiful Does this have a happy ending? Oh, it gets funnier, though. I mean, <laughs> this guy's okay. He's been paid on his claim. He took the proceeds and went and bought an identical vessel. He Somehow he found one. And I got him insured because it really wasn't his fault the boat sank. He did have the captain at the helm. But the captain didn't suffer any negative repercussions from this either. So I think everything's done. Five months later, I get a call from my guy, my insured. He says, man... I just got a call from this fella. He's asking me for a whole bunch of money because I ruined his nets. I said, what do you mean, ruined his nets? He said, he pulled my boat up off the bottom yesterday <laughs> in his fishing nets. <laughs> oh. So this the 30, first boat. The 32-foot boat that had been sitting on the bottom for five months got caught in the commercial guy's nets. Of course, he drags her up. He's like, ooh, look at that. Uh, tows it in, the city takes control at that point, and they've got it tied to the dock, and it's pollute, it's letting out oil and pollutants, so there was cleanup cost involved. Uh, we reopened the claim, and the carrier paid for the extra pollution cost and hauling the boat to salvage. So they opened the claim, paid for that bit, but they never did pay for the guy's nets. Uh, no? That, that dragged her out. Said it was just standard marine hazard, I guess. <laughs> all right i mean i'm with you and it looked like it had been on the bottom of the ocean for five months 
24 hour policy and the things on the bottom. Total loss. Total loss. Not the first time that's happened. Uh, the other the other notable loss is more of kind of a local loss. All right. Uh, a couple years ago, I ha- I've had a client for a couple of years on a beautiful, large, uh, I think it was a Sea Ray, big cruiser, 48, 50 foot, something like that. He had taken his boat north-south for many years by himself. That was his gig. He did it every year. He always took his ICW boat north-south. ICW. Intercoastal Waterway. Yeah, okay. So he was making the run from Florida or to the, to the northeast. Okay. And then back again for the season. Well, this year, he was busy. He couldn't do it. He had to hire a captain. No problem. Happens all the time. People have captain deliveries all the time. Right. Captain leaves out of Wrightsville Beach. Beautiful. Saturday morning. Sun's up. Comes out the inlet. Looks a sharp left. Out of Masonboro Inlet. Yes, sir. I think I see this. Right over the low wall. Oof. Now, the sun was out, admittedly, and rising in the east, so you could see where that would be in your eyes, and you know how thin that water gets over the wall. It's very skinny. Mm -hmm. It's hard to tell that the wall's there on a flat, calm sea. Uh, So it was slick cam that day, and he rolled out and looked to the left, said, I'm going to take that little shortcut right there. I don't need to go out that jetty. Ooh. And with all those electronics and all those screens and all that, 35 miles an hour ran over the short wall, tore the bottom out of the boat. She sank in 15 minutes. Captain standing on the coach roof waiting (laughs) to get picked up. Uh Many, many of our known charter captains were out fishing that day, sent me video of it and said, is this your boat? I just shook my head. I knew it was my guy. And I had to call him, you know, and say, man, we got a problem. Uh, But the insurance company, Stood right up and paid the loss within, I think it was two and a half weeks. He got paid in full for that boat. And I asked them, will you reinsure him? They said, is he ever going to hire a captain to deliver it north and south again? <laughs> I said, no, no, he will always run that boat. They said, yes, they reinsured him on a brand new boat. Wow. Adam Meyer, I think that brings us to the end of our podcast. Huzzah. This has been a good time. But I tell you what, before we ultimately say goodbye to you, Adam Meyer, why don't you tell us someone who's heard this and said, man, I kind of like the words those guys saying, what should they do? Just give me a call. Give me a call at the office. Uh, you can find us on the web, send me an email. Uh, we have online application, which again is just the application, not a submission to the market. So it just funnels your data to me. If you're more, if you'd prefer to do it online that way, that's, we're going to start that. It basically way. speeds up the phone call. Yeah, it speeds it up a little bit, uh, but I'm probably still going to call you. Sure. Just to check in, clarify some data, and make sure I'm right where I need to be to start quoting. Adam Meyer, thank you very much. Thanks, Gary. This has been a good this has been a good talk. I appreciate you. Thanks, Billy. I appreciate you too. Hey, thank you. Gary, what a good talk, man. I, I honestly, when you booked this show, I like Adam, but I was like, Marine Insurance? Like I'm gonna start taking over the booking process here. So, but I'm really impressed by this episode. <laughs> I'm I'm really impressed, man. It's uh, yeah, I learned a ton about insurance, uh, marine insurance. Thing that I don't need it, but I can buy it if I yet. want to. You don't need it yet. I don't need it yet. I think you're close. I have a feeling you're close. I'm, yeah, some you're not. No one's going to give you. <laughs> but I want you to have hope because hope springs eternal. If you guys go to our Patreon page, start just dumping cash. I'll buy my own boat. <laughs> oh man! Well, Gary, what what was fun. your best takeaway? Um, I mean, there were so many. <laughs> but I think no. I think the funny thing was like he's like, yeah, I'll sell you insurance. You don't have a boat. Like you guys think I'm an idiot. So I appreciate that. 
Gary. I think the, you know, one of the items for me is like, you know, just because you made a mistake doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you're not covered. That's part of what it is. It's insurance yeah. for mistakes. It's not just insurance for hurricanes, but it's insurance for mistakes. And somebody that will actually answer the phone, your insurance agent, come out and see you. I think that's pretty notable. I mean, I don't even know who my insurance agent is from any of my stuff. I for just, your house? I just pay them. <laughs> who are you texting at 1 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Text Adam. Gonna, hey, Adam. A tree just fell in my house. What should I do? Is everybody okay? Yeah. We'll talk to you in the morning. <laughs> Why the hell did you text me? Oh, man. Too much fun, Gary. What else we got? Any, anything else? I think we're good. Just want to give a shout-out to Marine Warehouse Center once again. Uh, and if you need to go find a boat to insure, they got, they got them. Go get in line, as it's a little tough inventory right now. But if you need to get some work done as well, Gary's had some plenty of work done over there. That's right, man. They have set me straight on service a number of times. So that's it, Gary, man. See you in the next episode. Next time. Fisherman.